Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. So we are in the thick of the holiday season now. Things are coming around fast. We're about to enter December and this is absolutely an appropriate time to start discussing what we're going to do in the holidays. Thanksgiving would have passed by the time this podcast is released, but there is still the Christmas period coming up. So we definitely need to prepare for that. So I wanted to come on and give you my top 10 holiday tips, a bit of a survival guide, but I thought, let me bring in the help of a special, special guest that we've got today. So I want to introduce you all to Ed Pimley. How are you doing this morning, Ed? Good. Thanks, Manny. Thanks for having me on board. I'm actually really excited to be on this particular one and talk about those sort of tactics for everybody. Dude, I'm excited to have you here. And I think it will be a nice blend. We just had a little chat before we went on and we we're preparing our tips in advance. And Ed predicted that mine would be a little bit more existential. So he's going to go for the practical one. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you one tip at a time. We're going to go back and forth between the two. And then we might drop some quick fire tips at the end. So Ed, kick us off with number one on your list of 10 top tips, uh, holiday survival guide. All right. So the first one that we always dive into, we'll start with every single one of our clients is plan ahead. Like know the little things about what needs to be done. So have a plan for where you guys are eating or drinking, have a plan for how much you want to eat or drink, have a plan for how your whole month is going to come together from literally day one. So know your steps, know your training, know your cardio sessions, all those little things, because that's going to give you like a roadmap through the month that you can work off and also make adjustments to if need be, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think realistically, most people will know by now you might embrace different traditions. You might be visiting different members of family because of the COVID situation, everything along those lines. But fundamentally, you're going to kind of know what the structure of your Christmas is going to look like. And you'll also know, hopefully by now, what your training and nutrition generally looks like. So yeah, I think the key to success would just be making sure that you map out as far in advance as possible. And I'm, I would say up until the new year period as well. I think a lot of people forget about that in-between period, but you know, that really boring period between Christmas and New Year. But that's like key because if then, you know, if you haven't got a lot on the agenda, then you might be more inclined to eat. But that's a good opportunity to just like, you know, have a little bit of a, a quick hit before the new year period comes around, right? Yeah. It's also that time is like, typically people have that week off work or they've got a little bit more time in their pocket. So it's like, that's a perfect time to actually start setting yourself up for success come January and being like setting those habits in play in terms of getting back on your meal prep, pushing your training sessions that might need a little bit more attention and stuff like that, because you've got a little bit more time at hand to do it. So you can prepare yourself hundred percent. So when January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, whatever date is that you're back in plan comes, you're just like, it's like a steamroller. There's nothing that's going to get in the way. You know what's coming. You know how it's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that the days fall this year as well, I think you're literally having New Year's on like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then your Monday is like the fourth. And that's what I mean. So January 1st will also be a Saturday. So you can, you know, recover with your hangover and everything. And Sunday can be a bit of a reset day ready for the third and you kick things off on a Monday. So I think, yeah, if you map that out all the way until January 3rd, and then you're ready to hit the ground running when, you know, that New Year's motivation comes in. Yeah. And that's a big thing, right? Because we don't want to drag this time of the year out into the middle of January and then be like, trying my best to get the ball rolling. Like if you can have that plan, start implementing those habits as early as possible. It's only going to be easier come the new year. 
Yeah, I completely agree. All right. That's that's a good number one tip. So my first will be, and number two on the list will be, remember what the holidays are about. So I want you all to picture this, and I'm going to ask you to do this as well, Ed. So I want you to imagine Christmas Day, right? And let's say this is like the most ideal Christmas Day. So let's forget family location restrictions. Let's forget COVID. Let's forget all of that. And let's just bring everyone into one room, right? Let's talk about, you know, Monty, let's talk about Helen, Sam, everyone's in the same room, right? And all both of your family, okay? And the house is decorated as it probably is right now. And this is what we're envisioning, right? The perfect Christmas, right? And all the food's on the table as well. Like you're ready to about, you're about to tuck into Christmas dinner. So if I take away that food, what does that situation look like? Pretty much exactly the same in terms of like family chatter, conversations, being with people, being in the same room. Like that meal doesn't change that whole experience of what Christmas is. Yeah. And now let me take away all of that family. And now what do you have? Like you might have a really good meal to yourself, but like outside of that. And I think that, you know, the way I I did that really practically, but I think a lot of people will say, you know, food is a big part of Christmas. Food is a big part of Diwali. Food is a big part of my birthday. And it totally is. And I don't disagree with that. I think it's synonymous with these occasions, but you know, your birthday isn't about a birthday cake. It's about the celebration of, you know, the year that's just passed, you know, and that's what we've got to think about when it comes to Christmas is that if you take away the family, you literally just have you and a bunch of food. If you take away the food, you still have the celebration and the time with family. So I think people will often forget about like really what this time of year is about. And I think just due to the fact that we have had limitations on how much we're able to see people, hopefully that's eased off in wherever you're listening around the world. But, you know, now that we're in a position where we can see people and we can connect and spend quality time with our family. I think that's what we need to remember that, you know, don't stress about the food, especially if you're on a diet right now, don't be thinking all about that because you're going to take away from the quality time that you wouldn't be spending with your family otherwise, especially based on these past two years. Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky and unlucky enough to spend family with my, spend Christmas with my family in Australia, spend Christmas literally by myself with nobody when I first moved to Canada and then spend it with Sam's family. So it's like, I've had all the situations where it's been, we've been surrounded by food in Australia of like seafood and all this beautiful stuff because it's too hot to have a roast dinner. And then Mm -hmm. having literally a reheated meal from a grocery store on Christmas Eve (laughs) and Christmas day, because I didn't have any family with me then. And just the, the different feeling between the two settings. And then now Christmas is with Sam's family, like it's a big deal and they love that day. And it's a big celebration. Like it's a whole day event of cooking and planning and things like that. But if you remove that meal, it's still the same day with her family in terms of like what they do and how they come together in the morning and where things kind of head into the evening too. So it's like, I've felt both situations and knowing that like removing that food doesn't change what Christmas is to that group of people is a huge reflection on what the day is actually all about. Yeah, I could agree more, dude. And I appreciate that there will be some people in very unfortunate circumstances and maybe they get COVID and they have to isolate and they're not able to spend the time. But, you know, do your best to gather as many, like if you're not in a place where you have family around you, try and, you know, look for the friends who are around you. If you can't connect in person, try and connect virtually. It's not quite the same, but whatever you can do to bring yourself closer. And the same goes for like, you know, you will, like, let's say you are on your own, you are going to be, or maybe you're not with people, you're not really connecting that well. And you're just more absorbed in your, maybe your phone than anything else. Then you're going to be more inclined to eat. Whereas if you're in the groove of the, you know, the family chatter and all that type of stuff, you're not really going to be thinking about the food quite as much as you would be, you know, in other situations. So I think, you know, just remembering what this time is all about is, is just key. So I think that wraps up number two. On to number three. Number three on our end is to push. Push the areas that you can. So it's like, if you've got a 10K step target, aim to push it to 15. If you've got yourself 20, 30 minutes worth of cardio, push an extra five, 10 minutes, just to kind of like take those areas as a little bit more, right? Because over this time, we get so reluctant to be like, oh, I've got to sit on the couch and binge a couple of Netflix like Christmas movies, or I'm watching some Hallmark stuff. It's like these times you could be out, you could be active, you could be doing stuff. So it's like use those times to be a little bit more active and push the areas that require it to allow you to kind of feel that excitement about maybe having a little bit more on certain days. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And I actually think this is, uh, you know, on the flip side, right, there is the quality and special time with the family, but there's also sometimes too much time with family, right? And, you know, tension can build, you know, you might not be particularly a big, biggest fan of your mother-in-law. So, you know, actually breaking up the day by going for a run or like just having a little session can actually be really valuable because you're going to come back, you're going to feel better about yourself uh, because you've just exercised, got those endorphins flowing and, you know, all the good hormones pumping. And then you're going to show up as a better quality version of you. So you're probably actually going to be more tolerant of your mother or father-in-law that you're not the biggest fan of, right? So like, you know, even in, in my household, I love Christmas, but there's this period after you like open the gifts, you've had breakfast, like this period between like breakfast and lunch where there isn't a lot going on. Like you can chill, you can watch films and everything along those lines. But if you've been home the few days before, like you've already done a lot of that. So that's my time to get out on a run or do a workout. You know, I've, I've not been, I know this this might be a bit out there for some people, but I've gone to gym on Christmas day. You know, if there's 24 hour gyms nearby, then I have no issue with doing that. And I come back and I'm happy, I'm ready to eat. And then I'm ready to just chill out with the family for the rest of the day. So I think, yeah, that that's definitely something you want to do. And also if you, if you're someone who's works a lot and you don't get the opportunity to do that, and actually you quite enjoy the cardio you do and everything like that, it can be a really nice opportunity to just be like, I don't get the time to do yoga that often in the middle of the day. So I might actually try and do this now. Yeah. It's also like, like you said, like that mental release of like getting out and doing it is just, it's going to be game changing for how the whole day comes together too, right? You're going to be so much more inclined to overeat or snack on things if you're not getting up and moving and taking those sort of things, right? Like it's so much easier to spend a Sunday sitting on the couch, eating chips and popcorn when you don't go for a run or go for your walk or go to the gym. But if you add that one little piece of the puzzle in and push it a little bit, it's going to make being a little bit more restricted or a little bit more, a little bit less focused on the food is going to be so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I want to, I've, I've mostly emphasized the actual Christmas day, but I think more so than anything, you're just talking about outside of Christmas as well, right? Like in the lead up to it, like there's no reason now why yeah, you can't just ramp up your steps or the amount of cardio. If you've got a little bit of extra time or you can create a little bit of extra time. Ed, what's your stance on people who can't get outside and do steps because it's raining and it's cold? Um, grow, living in Vancouver. So it, it I saw what you were about to say first. <laughs> it, it rains at least 80% of the year here. So it's like, first off, you're not made of sugar. So you can get outside. You won't melt. Like you can go for it. Plus I'm not gonna lie. Like when we actually get people out and for them to go for a walk in the rain, it's a different sort of feeling. And it's very cathartic. It's very relaxing. Like it's a beautiful setting when you're kind of just walking, you can put your headphones in, listen to an audiobook or whatever you want. It can that rain just kind of really calms people down. So it's like you'll be fine going at it. But if it is so bad, like we've got a couple of clients that live in Edmonton or like Winnipeg where it's like it's ice on the sidewalks. So it's like it's almost dangerous sometimes to go outside and walk. So it's like with those sort of settings, be as active as you can around the house, right? Like do the little things, clean, iron, vacuum, like do as much as you can inside, maybe set up a quick little hit circuit or something you can do in there. But if you can get outside, the rain's not going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's like, just just wrap up, just get an umbrella, just make sure you don't have shoes where they're going to get wet. That's probably the worst part. As long as your feet stay dry, I think you're absolutely fine. Otherwise, it's actually, like you said, pretty pretty nice. And it's actually really kind of good to feel the rain come down. And I will appreciate, um, I had a client mention it this week that she said that where she lives, it gets dark super early. So it's evening walks aren't feasible. So just try and, yeah, like you said, be as active around the house as you can and get as many steps as you've done earlier in the day. It might mean you have to rejig your routine a little bit, but you know, for this time of year, it, it, it actually is so beneficial to get outside, especially around this time of year, because of you'll miss out on that vitamin D and the daylight is still valuable, even if the sun isn't shining. Yeah. Plus I don't know what it's like where you are, but there's so many different events and things going on around our city at the moment in terms of like, there's a Christmas market or there's like Christmas light displays. And there's like, there's so many things to get out and go and actually do that. You've got to walk to and like those little things that it's like, do something enjoyable like that. Like get in the spirit of the season, go and check out some Christmas lights and walk through a national park or something like enjoy that time. hundred percent. I think that community aspect is, uh, 
something that's quite lost. And it's probably one of those things that's going to really re-enter the fold that now that people can socialize a little bit more, because I think people are going to value that way, way more. Yeah. Cool. That wraps up number three. So number four is eat and drink only what you want and what you enjoy. And this one, again, this might seem quite self-explanatory, but how many times have you just eaten something aimed like mindlessly because it's just sat on the side? Like, I'm sure that we've all done this so much. And you, you know, you get through that part of Pringles that don't even taste that good. And you're like, I didn't really want that. Or there's just that thing on the side, uh, you know, it's about to end. Maybe it's the final bit in the bowl. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a snack. And you just pick it up. And you don't really like it. Like those calories really add up. And I am such a big fan of people enjoying what they want to enjoy. Like there's certain things that I want around Christmas that I'm always going to have, but I'm only going to have those because of A, every single thing that I'm going to eat is going to be a really, really enjoyable experience. And B, I'm not going to get all the unnecessary calories of things that I didn't actually want. So think about it in advance. Like think about, okay, what's my favorite dessert around Christmas time or Thanksgiving or whatever you're going to be celebrating around this time of year? What's my favorite drink, you know? And if someone's going to offer you something like, hey, do you want a shot or something like that? If you don't want a shot, don't have a shot. Just be like, no, I actually want this wine that I've been looking forward to for a while. And I think just thinking about that in advance and just, again, even when it comes to like Christmas dinner, let's say you've got the ability to pick off all these plates, pile up on the things that you like, but just park the other things that you don't. And yeah, I think that you're going to have a much more pleasant experience and you're also going to not regret. Like I think that's the worst thing. You know, you can't get a calorie refund, which is <laughs> if, someone, if, someone, if someone invents that, they're going to be a very rich person, but you can't. So it's like, you, you'll reflect on that and you'll be like, oh, why did I eat that? You know, you're better off not doing it and just saving yourself for all the things that you really enjoy. Yeah. And it's also like, remember how mentally better you feel when you come out the other end and be like, you know what? I did, I did have what I wanted and I don't feel tired or yeah. from eating all this extra sort of stuff. It's like, it's a whole different sort of ball game. You'll be up, you'll feel better the next day. You'll be ready to go. And it's also like, the people that are pushing that sort of stuff on you, if you're dealing with peer pressure in terms of like, come on, it's Christmas time, just have another one. It's like, no, this could be your time to take that stance for yourself as well. And be like, you know what, I'm not going to get pushed to do this sort of stuff. And you'll be amazed at how much better you feel coming into the new year or anything like that too, right? I couldn't agree more, dude. Couldn't agree more. And there will be a lot of peer pressure around. There'll be a lot of like, have one more drink or have this. And you just got to stand your ground. But I think, you know, if you think about it in advance, and you really know what you want to have, then it makes it a lot easier because of, you know, you'll probably still have what you want, but yeah, it's always good to have that mapped out. You know exactly what you're going for. What's your must have? What are you looking forward to around Christmas time food wise? Oh, it's Samantha loves Christmas. Like she loves this time of year and everything in our house is Christmas orientated, but I'm <laughs> kind of like a mini Grinch when it comes to Christmas food. Like I'm not a huge what? fan of all those. Yeah. It's weird. I'm not a big fan of like cinnamon flavored things or gingerbread cookies or anything. So for me, me yeah, I'm not sure if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Eh? Like she's like, she eats them. She lives and breathes. Like she's been working on a Christmas recipe book for like the past six to eight weeks. So our house has been Christmas since a bit too long. And the amount of gingerbread cookies that I've had to take a bite of and be like, well, oh, I don't know how I feel about that has been insane. But like, it's just, I do not, I, the one thing that I do when it comes to Christmas is I enjoy, I love mochas. Like I love chocolate and coffee combined together in a cup. So I'll make that my treat around the Christmas sort of time, fit one in every now and then and just be like, you know what, this is my sort of like, this is my go-to thing come now. And it makes this time of year feel really special too, because I don't do this all the time. I can mm -hmm. now like, it feels like I'm taking the foot off the gas a little bit, even though I'm not in terms of how everything's coming together over the whole month. So it's like, that's my go-to. What You love Christmas, don't you? Yeah, me and Sam were like separated at birth, I think. I think we've got that same mentality around the holidays. Like I I'm I would have my I would have a tree up in September if I could. I, like it's never too early. So yeah, I'm definitely on the same page as her. So yeah, we're we're, we're uh, definitely connected from that perspective. But for me, again, I think it's like I try to go for the things that are unique to this year, like you said as well. Like I love Yorkshire puddings. I think they're amazing. Like those with gravy are fantastic. And then on the sweet side of things, I don't know if this is a big thing 
but I like Yule logs. Do you know like, like the chocolate log that's like, yeah, they're, they're amazing. So like my mom will like specifically go out and buy like a bunch of them. because She knows like that's the only Christmas dessert I'm going to have because I've, I've, I live by the rules, you know, and this is what we mean. I think we both live by these rules that we're, we're going through today. And I think that that's going to show throughout our conversation. But yeah, like she knows that's the only Christmas dessert I'm going to eat. I'm probably not going to eat anything else. I might have like some of like the chocolate biscuits that are around, but outside of that, so there's enough there. And I'm probably just going to have like, you know, uh, maybe like a third or close to a half of that log. And and that's going to be me. I'm going to be super happy with that. Like, honestly, and like, you know, your veins are starting pumping out because if you've got so many carbs in your system, but those are the two big ones for me. And I'll probably drink a little bit more red wine than I usually do as well. I just like, yeah, give myself a bit of free pass on that. But yeah, apart from that, th- those are my big three. But outside of that, not really that fussed about everything else. So I'll just keep it relatively low key otherwise. See, my bad thing is I don't drink alcohol at all. I'm not a very sweet person. Yeah, like I haven't drunk for about 15 years. I just don't. I personally, in my brain, I'm like, why do I want to drink this if I know tomorrow I'm going to wake up feeling dusty? Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just, I don't, yeah. And it's like, that's just how my brain worked when I was growing up. And now it's like, I see no point to drinking anymore. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking you could use that mentality leading into like what you said around doing like eating and drinking the things that you enjoy, because it's like, if you enjoy it, you're probably not going to completely devour the whole thing, right? You're going to eat enough to be like, that was great. And I have enough where it's like, if you're not really enjoying something, you're just going to kind of keep picking at it because it's like, oh, it's there. And I just want it to go away. Right. hundred percent. And I think the big thing that you said afterwards as well is that you know, how you feel afterwards. Not only do you not feel like lethargic or anything along those lines, you might overeat and that's that's something we're going to go into in a second, but you can come away from that when it gets into January and you're looking to get back on track. You weren't deprived of anything. You literally had everything you wanted, right? And that's a great feeling and you're not, you know, you're going to have incentive to stay on point now because you're literally like, I'm done. I'm satisfied. I had it, literally everything that I could have wanted and now I'm good to get back on track. Whereas if you don't and you actually deprive yourself of these things, uh, that's another aspect that if you don't go for what you actually want, then it will always be in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, I wish I would have had that. I wish I would have had that. And you probably won't be as driven as you, as you could be in January. So that's number four. Let's yeah, give us number five. Number five around is set targets. So actually set yourself, say, some training targets over the month. Like I want to be able to get my first pull up done or something like that over the month of December, set yourself a cardio target of like, I want to be able to push 10 K in 54 minutes, something, something that's a very tangible sort of number that you could work towards and kind of deliver yourself that result. That way, in a way we like to say that it's like, you're giving yourself a Christmas present come the end of the month, right? Because you set yourself this target and now you're working over the month to actually achieve it. And it's like that personal gratification. Now in doing that, it falls into the other points of like, you'll start pushing your training and stuff a little bit more, right? Because you want to hit these targets and you want to achieve this over the month. You'll also find that your mindset around food will become more about like, is this going to make me feel good enough to get up tomorrow morning and go to the gym and do what I need to do to get that goal that Mm -hmm. I set myself? I love that. I think uh, especially performance-based goals as well. I think weight related goals, you can utilize them. I think people you know, they don't think about goal setting around this time of year, but I think it's, you know, it's a really nice way to do it because you're wrapping up the end of the year, right? So let's say we've got, I don't know, 35 days left and you literally like, okay, what can I achieve in these final 35 days? And like you said, it's super gratifying when you get there, especially when it's performance-based. I feel like that's a really big one because of, yeah, when you want to perform well, you're, that informs your nutrition choices and it keeps you consistent with your training as well. So yeah, I like that one a lot. Have you got um, a training goal leading up to Christmas and the new year? At the moment, Yes, it's to get back to my what do you use pounds or kilograms over there? What kilos. Yeah, kilos kilograms mainly. Me. It's to get back to my three hundred kilo kilo deadlift. Pounds just make me feel way stronger. Damn, so three hundred like, kilo deadlift? That's my that's my December goal. It's currently at two seventy five. So it's a, it's an overreaching one, but kilos. How much is that in pounds? Yeah. Oh Jesus, hang on. Now I have to do the math again. Damn, so I need to see this. Have you posted this on your Instagram stories? I, don't, I haven't seen these uh, deadlifts. Nah, not yet. No, I kept it low key. Gotcha. Yeah. So 605 is for is my three reps at the moment. Damn. How much so do you weigh? 185 at the moment. Dang, I actually haven't got on the scales yet. So let's just say 190. <laughs> so we're set. <laughs> so set, that's like somewhere like high, high 80 kilos, right? Mm, wow. I, I've, you know, I, I was, um, before I kind of lost my consistency with traveling, I was like, yeah, 200 kilo deadlift would be nice. And now I feel like, what, 300? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> my old business partner, back when we were doing face-to-face coaching and all that sort of stuff, his rule mm-hmm. of thumb was if you can't deadlift double your body weight, 
And for most at that time, it was about, it was about a hundred kilos. So it was about 200. He's like, if you can't do that for six reps, you're not fit to be a coach in this gym. <laughs> Damn, that's high standards. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I, I don't, I'm happy because I can do it, but that that's high. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I don't care if you've got a little bit of extra body fat on you or anything like that, but if you can't lift things, you're not set to be training in this gym. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Have you, have you got a background in powerlifting or no? Uh, a little bit. I haven't really done a competition. I've always loved the thought of getting a, like just annoyingly strong. And it's been, mm-hmm. that's been my driving force for training since I was in my twenties. So it's like, okay. that's something I've loved doing. And I'm, if you catch me doing 10 reps of anything, I'm probably about to have a heart attack and I'll need to sit <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. I just get back into yeah. training after being unwell. And I did, yeah, I did split squats for sets of 10 to 12. And I was just like, I'm really not about that training where you just train to like, make yourself hurt and gas these days. I'm like, I really love that, you know, that four to six, that three to five where, you know, yeah, you're just lifting heavy. You don't feel like you're going to pass out after a set. So yeah, but I was in a hotel, like an apartment gym. So I was like making the most of using these 50 pound dumbbells. And I was just like, yeah, I need to go to a gym where there's heavier weight so I can get away with uh, using more weight and less reps. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want to pick up the heaviest thing in the room and then sit down for three to four minutes and just exactly around the place, <laughs> I saw a meme about that today. It was just like someone just like sat back and he had like a, like a Mexican hat on. It was like power lifters after one set of uh, three reps. And it was like a 59 yeah. minute break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did a program two years ago, just before COVID and it literally had six to eight minute rest breaks. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's at the point where like it gets a little bit boring and your sessions get super long though as well. Right. Like that, I think that's my yeah. only problem. I think a three minute rest is like, maybe three to four. Sometimes three isn't actually enough. Sometimes four. And I'm just like, Oh, yeah. this, this is a sweet spot right here. But okay. Back on track. Okay. So that was number <laughs> five. I think <laughs> let's get to yeah, number six. So. Yeah. Number six, which is my one, which is remember the law of diminishing returns. So I think that I've mentioned this with alcohol and even just, you know, the takeaways that you have and eating out for meals that aren't typically on your nutritional repertoire on a day-to-day basis is that once you get past a certain point, you don't feel any better for drinking or eating. And alcohol is probably the best example here, right? Is that you have a few drinks, you know, it tastes good, you feel good, you get a little bit of a buzz, and then you have a few more drinks, then you're starting to lose your, you know, all your inhibitions, you're starting to be a little bit wild, and then you go for another few. And each drink after that, I feel like you're just setting yourself up to feel worse and worse at the moment, because you're actually putting yourself on the position to potentially throw up, but also the next day as well. The more drinks you're going to have, the worse you're probably going to feel the next day. And the same goes for food as well, right? Like one slice of pizza, really good. Two, three, four, five. Okay. We, we, we get, we're reaching satiation here, but then we, as we go beyond that, and you, you know, at that point, it doesn't taste any better either, right? The first slice, oh, it's nice. Second slice, you know, you're just starting to just eat for the sake of it. And I think people don't realize that there's a certain point, there's a sweet spot. And if you can find that, you're going to be super satisfied. You're going to get the benefits of it. You're not going to feel lethargic and bloated after that. But you just got to remember that, especially around the time where you're within an environment with a ton of decadent foods that you genuinely enjoy. Like, and this is maybe where the planning comes in as well. Like, just say, I know that this amount of food on a plate is good for me and I'm going to feel super satisfied afterwards. But if you just keep going back and filling up the plate until you can't move, you're not going to feel that good the next day. Digestion is going to be off. You're going to feel lethargic. You're going to feel just not that great to be completely honest. I think it's really important to remember where that sweet spot is, find it and do your best not to go beyond it. For that, do you have any tips for everyone to be able to find that point? That's a good question. I think mindful eating is a really, really big key. I think if you're eating maybe in front of the TV, if you're not chewing your food properly, you're just kind of inhaling things. I mean, if you slow down and also if you eat with people as well, right? If you go out to a restaurant with someone, you're very unlikely to push down your food in like under five minutes. Whereas if you're on your own, you're watching Netflix and at the same time, you can eat super fast and not even be conscious. I think mindful eating is key. So maybe go out to a restaurant with someone and almost, I know this sounds a bit, a bit out there sometimes, but set your intentions before you eat, right? Just be like, okay, I really want to 
taste the textures of this meal, like really utilize your digestive hygiene practices. Going to take 10 to 20 bites per mouthful. And then especially around decadent food as well, I think that's really key because of that can be really filling very quickly if you take your time with it, right? Like if you're, if, yeah, if you're having something that's super rich and you haven't had it for a while, then if you have like a few bites and you really take your time with it, you'll be like, oh, actually I'm feeling quite satisfied here. But if you're completely out of it, you're watching TV, you're eating with your hands, you're just not even thinking about it, then I think you're going to miss that sweet spot. Yeah, that's, I think that is a huge point for everyone is like slow yourself down because you get so ingrained with like what the food is and trying to get it in as fast as you can because you're like, oh, I'm so excited to eat this. Like, I can't wait to dive into this Yule log that you just literally wolf down half of the cake. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, I feel horrible. Right. And it's like, I think slowing down and actually like taking your time to enjoy it and taste the food is going to be one of the biggest things that people can do over this time to change. Yeah. Two big hacks as well, actually, like really practical ones as well, not so hippie, is that I would always like drink a glass of water before you eat. And also if you have like a salad, like I would always eat a salad first because of even if you wolf down a salad, you kind of stop yourself being like, oh, well, I ate that quite fast. Or you're already kind of semi-satiated before going into the meal. So it kind of almost puts in a little bit of a a little bit of a stop gap so that you don't go overboard. So salad or even start with your veg. That's a really good one as well. So have that as the first thing you eat on the plate and then go into some of the more enjoyable foods. Yeah. Sam's family thinks I'm super weird because I always eat. I eat in sections on my plate. I always eat all of my vegetables (laughs) first because I'm like, I want to just get rid of this stuff. Like I don't want to look at it on my plate. It's not as pretty. And then by the time I get to the stuff that's probably a little bit more calorie dense or it's got a little bit more to it, I'm Do you save the best for last? In the tank. Always, always. always I, yeah, I, yeah. Eat my, <laughs> I eat my pizza backwards. So I eat crust of my pizza first and then work myself Genius. down to the cheesy point. <laughs> Bro, I love that. I think I go one step further. So I, I won't even eat the crusts. I would just eat the, I'll literally just bite off like the good part and then just leave the crust and I'll be like, someone else can you have and Sam, <laughs> us, You and Sam are like supposed to be, because she loves, she loves the crust. Like she gets mad at me because I eat the crust first because I'm like, I don't want to eat this bit. So I'm just going to get rid of it first. She's like, you could just eat the bit and then give me the crust because I love it. I'm like, you're you're broken. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm the same though, dude. Like I literally start with veg and then I'll probably go to protein next. And then actually that's actually a good way to, yeah, it's a good way to set you up because of you're going to be quite satiated by that point. And then you go for the good stuff. That That's always the way. And I literally just save like the best bites of life. Even if I'm eating my avocado toast, I will, yeah, I eat with avocado toast. I do the same thing as you. I'll eat the crusts first and then I'll literally get to the avocado and the eggs at the end of like, you know, where the soft bread is like, that's where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and the, the measure, like the bread's like this big and you've got like a good slab of avocado. Like it's, I don't know why more people don't do this. Like, I, do you plan your bites out too? Like I'm going to go this and that bit's last. Yeah, dude. Like I'll literally cut it out and I'm like, okay, this one has a little less avocado. I'll have this one. <laughs> like genuinely, like it's like a bit of a mental game. Like people have made fun of me in the past. You're the first person I know who does exactly the same thing. But <laughs> exactly every single time you maximize yeah. the meal, right? Yeah. This is and hilarious. Like you, by the end of it, you're going to get to that. That last bite is so good that you don't, you're like, I don't need any more. Like I don't want to ruin what did. I just did. Yeah. And you, and you also take a moment, right? You're like, almost like, ah, oh, this is the last one. I'm going to make sure there's enough salt on here and just make sure there's enough aloe. Let me, let me enjoy that. Dude, like, this is hilarious. It's almost yeah. like we planned this, but we genuinely did it. <laughs> no, I like sit there and just stare at it. Like, yes, here we go. <laughs> here we go. It's the last bite. Exactly. This is the moment I've been waiting for. I, I ate all the rubbish stuff up until here. And now this is the good bit. Yeah, I'm ready right, for that's it. That's hilarious. <laughs> exactly. All right, that rounds up number six and uh, the similarities keep going out. Number seven, what we got for us? Uh, remember the core days. So even though it's, December, it's like the Christmas season is a month-long event, there's only really three or four days max that most people are going to find that they need to be some sort of like a restriction or balance to, right? And they've only really got maybe a work Christmas party for themselves or their partner and then Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, And then if you throw it in there, maybe you're going to do something on New Year's Eve, right? So really there's only those few core days that you need to kind of plan out and be like, be ready for in terms of like how things are going to come together, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I usually give people those five days, give them 24th, 5th, 6th, 31st, if they celebrate New Year's Eve, and then the 1st. And I'm like, outside of those, you might have some socials on, you might have, uh, we were saying this before as well, it's like, you know, 
if uh, if your social calendar, if you're fortunate enough to have your social calendar full, yes, you might have a lot on the agenda, but it's not going to be every day of the week. And you know, if you are an absolute social butterfly and you've got things going on, just be specific about which ones you actually want to go into. Because I'm like, you know, there's no point indulging at your cousin's brother's daughter's birthday party. Like if you just go for when you're like hanging, like for me, if I'm hanging out with my family, then I'm going to have more enjoyable foods. But if someone invites me to this thing that I'm not, you know, I'm not super excited about, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to stick with my normal foods or just try and play it, play easy. If you've got a lot on the agenda, not every single occasion can be where you just let loose unless you want to let loose completely, then totally fine. But yeah, I think those core days and then maybe a couple of socials that you might pick out in advance outside of that, like it's not going to be more than, you know, over the entire period, it's not going to be more than like 20, 25% of the days. Right. Yeah. And like, if you look at the grand scheme of things, like 20% is actually a very small amount of days in a month that are going to cause a problem. And if you're on point every other day and you're doing what you need to do in terms of like ticking boxes and getting your training in, doing all those other little things that we've already spoken about, that 20% isn't going to be that much of a problem. No, exactly. Exactly. And so, um, I spoke to a client before and I was like, this is the time of the year when like, let's say for 20% of the year, let's use that example. You're looking to be on point. I don't know how many days that is out of a year. No, sorry. Say 80%, but 20%, you're going to be, have a little bit more flexibility. This might be the day, the, the type of time where you batch up a lot of those days, you know, throughout the year, you've probably been relatively adherent, you know, and, the, and when it comes around to January, most people are on point as well. So this is where like, let's say you're allocated 28 days of holiday per year, right? This is basically you using all the holiday allowance that you saved up because you were on point for the rest of the year. Like that's the way you kind of want to look at it. Yeah. And it's like, it's so important that like, I think it's very important that over this time we actually enjoy ourselves and do things with family and indulge a little bit because a lot of the time we haven't done it over the year, but it's also that small amount of indulgent. Like there's those core days that you want to do it. Like for Sam and myself, yes, we've got a lot of Christmas events coming up, but they're things that aren't going to be dictated by food or those little sort of areas. Like we're not going to be throwing ourselves into that sort of area. But then that means over the other dates, like Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, when things are going to be a little bit more decadent, there's more food around, we can relax ourselves a little bit without feeling like we're completely screwing up because we were so out of it for the first three weeks of the month. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you don't also don't want to get around to actual Christmas and feel like, oh, I feel like I'm two kilos overweight already. And like, kind of looking forward to that period being over because you've already indulged throughout the December. Like you won't enjoy it quite as much. So I feel like, pacing yourself and being selective about the days will actually set you up for more enjoyment on those core days as well. All right. So that is number seven. I think this is number eight, right? Use food as fuel and don't use exercise as a punishment. So I think this is a really key one in just transforming your relationship with how you look at things. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I need to burn off these calories and you know, I need to burn off this or walk off and run off this food that I just ate. I don't think that cultivates a healthy relationship around food. I did a recent podcast on like the way you talk about your journey and the terminology you use. And I just can't see that being healthy long-term. Like, you know, you don't put fuel into yourself in order to burn it off, right? You don't put fuel in a car in order just to empty the tank. Like you, you're putting it in there for a reason. And I think that if we look at it from the perspective of like, okay, I have consumed a little extra fuel and I'm going to use this to advantage by, you know, approaching my training with more intensity. And I'm going to remember that this all these extra glycogen is in my muscles when I go out for this run. So I'm going to push a little bit harder, but I don't think going out and saying, okay, I need to do this run. And this comes into the punishment side of things because I ate all of this food, just be like, well, I had this and now it's going to contribute positively to my performance because I do have extra fuel in my system. And again, it comes back to the exercise things. I use it as something that breaks up the day, something that, you know, allows you to get some happy hormones in your system and, you know, allows you to get outside and outdoors and do something you might have not done in your packed working day. But it shouldn't be a punishment. It shouldn't be something that you have to do because you ate everything. And I appreciate that some people will have, be, will be working through certain relationships they have with exercise and food, and it's not the easiest thing to do. But I do think it's key that, you know, you start by thinking about your terminology around these things. Yeah, it's definitely something that, we've spoken about a lot with our clients because they always turn to like, Oh, I overrate. So now I need to run an extra 10 K or something like that. And it's like, in all honesty, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like physiology doesn't, doesn't just doesn't work that way. So it's like, if you focus on putting things into the tank that are going to make you feel and perform your best, it's going to make being on plan and sticking to things or 
not diving face first into certain things a lot easier. Plus it's like that time, like at no point at any part of the year should exercise be focused as a punishment. You're doing something that's inherently very good for your body and very good for your health. And it's like, this is not punishment to you. This is like, you're very lucky that you get to go and do these sort of things and enjoy these things. So it's like, if you're focusing on it as like, Oh, I did something wrong. Now I have to punish myself because of it. It's not going to be an enjoyable act. Like, environment for you to go and do and you're just going to regret it and then over time you're not going to put in as much effort to it because you don't really enjoy it because your mindset's not into that right yeah you're, you're right i think that you actually will start resenting it as well like who proactively wants to participate in a punishment right so and this is um, something that i was saying um in the terminology podcast and it was all about like if you tell yourself that this meal plan is boring i hate training like people don't like doing things that are boring we don't do things that we want we hate a lot right and the reality might be true you might find it boring but you can say well maybe maybe that's an invitation to me to bring more creativity or maybe you know this is a phase that i'm in and this is taking me one step closer to my goal and it is fueling my body with quality nutrients this is a bit of a tangent and a side point but i think it's really important to look at yeah the way that you speak about food and exercise to yourself because of like i said if you like you're not going to actively want to participate in punishment and if you continue to do things that you hate over and over again that doesn't sound like it's going to set you up for long-term success yeah. And it's like the funny, the, the thing we forget is the habits that we use in terms to get in shape are the same habits that we need to keep included to stay in shape long-term, right? Like you need to go to the gym, you need to do the, your steps, you need to be active, you need to do these little things long-term to be able to maintain any result that you're chasing. So it's like, if you can find the, the enjoyment in it very early on, and even if it means finding the, the method that you enjoy doing, it's going to make long-term success so much easier and so much more sustainable, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Another side path as well is a lot of time people are like, you know, I can't wait to be done and dust through this fat loss phase. I'm like, you know, apart from a little less activity and a little bit more food, fundamentally, it doesn't really change, you know? So if you're setting this up to feel like this is a completely different thing, it's not. Like you said, the things that will get you in shape will also keep you in shape. And yes, you don't have to do quite as much to maintain your physique, but it looks very, very similar. That's what makes me laugh. Like sometimes um, this is a, a little bit of a secret that I'm going to give away here. But, you know, if I go and do like a mini cut on Instagram stories, people will proactively follow my journey. They'll be really interested in what I'm doing. And like the only different thing I'm doing is I'm eating a little less and I'm running a little bit more. But otherwise I'm doing the exact same thing. But because I'm dropping body fat, you guys are way more interested now. And I'm just but like fundamentally, nothing has changed apart from I'm going on an extra run and I'm eating a little less food. And actually that's not nearly as exciting as me or you lifting 300 kilos off the floor and getting strong during like a, a gaining phase. It's really a funny kind of dichotomy, but yeah, you have to think about the similarities between the two. And like you said, you, you need to set yourself up for long-term success. Yeah. And it's like, in all honesty, I don't think December should look any different to January, February, March, April, May, in terms of what your activity looks like. You should still be doing the same sort of little things day in and day out and focusing on progressing every single time that you're doing it. And it's like, if you're doing that, guaranteed anything that you're putting into the system is going to be either mitigated. So you're maintaining or mm-hmm. you'll be on the right path. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people will ask the question like, and they do to me quite regularly, like, should I train around this time of year? I'm like, if you really, really want to take the time off, be my guest, do it, you know? And um, I've got a final quick fire point that lines with that. But realistically, you fit in your training to your hectic, busy week when you're maybe eating in a calorie deficit, you're stressed out, you only have this 45 to 60 minute period and you choose to squeeze in three workouts per week. Now you've got all the time in the world. You're sleeping well, you're eating well, you're far less stressed. You're going to have some of the best training sessions that you're ever going to have. Why would you skip out on those? Like this could be like the best moment for your training that you've had this entire year so make the most of this time right and like if you're choosing to do it in that tiny packed um schedule that you you know these yeah this tiny slot in your packed schedule then why would you not do it when you've got all of this free time and you can actually leisurely enjoy your session but maybe we're just uh, crazy traders (laughs) yeah i think we also forget how much extra time we have come like this sort of area and i think people get like almost overwhelmed with it and like yeah well what am i supposed to do and you have so many options that you end up literally just sitting on the couch because you don't know where to start yeah it's like if you actually looked at this and went 
I've got an extra hour. I might go for a walk instead of I've got an extra hour. I'm going to sit on the couch. Whole different game ball. Game ball, ball game, ball game. <laughs> exactly. And, I've, and you've also got to think about the return on investment. I mean, there's definitely a time to sit on the couch and watch TV, but I'm sure you're going to get a lot of that time. And, you know, you might not be able to go for a walk at 8.30 p.m. at night, but you can watch that hour of TV at 8.30 p.m. at night. So use the time in the day wisely. Yeah, and this comes back to what you said of your very first point is just plan ahead. And if you can just say, even if you don't, and again, and this is, there's many side points, but like you don't necessarily have to follow your training program, right? Like maybe you just want to do something that, you know, you want to go into the gym and do chest and arms, right? If you're a dude and maybe you just want to train, it's very stereotypical, but maybe you want to go train your lower body if you're a, you're a female. Like if you just want to do exercises you enjoy, by all means do it. It's like, you know, activity is going to win the game. You know, it doesn't have to be your structured, normal routine. Just do what you, you want to do. Yeah. It's even a time to try something new. Like if you've ever wanted to go and try a boxing class, like now's the time to do it. Not only is it because like over this time working in the health and fitness industry, a lot of companies end up with not the best month. So go and support like a local boxing gym or something and do a session there. Like there's that you might find a new form of cardio or activity that you just love doing. If you've always wanted to try it, like, the perfect time to try something new and have a go. Yeah. And guess what? You're going to have a much better experience with that instructor because they're going to be way quieter, you know? So there's going to be more direct attention on you. They're going to be even happier to have you there because of, yeah, typically this is a time of year where gyms slow down a little bit. So, you know, if I, there was nothing worse than, I don't know about you, but when I was in a gym working at Christmas and one person, like, you know, there was no one coming to a class and then that one person came and you just gave them a mini personal training session. And it was just like, oh, actually this, this is much more exciting for me. Or it was like a two-on-one or a three-on-one and, and they got this unique experience and you were able to like manipulate things a little bit. But when no one turned up and you were just like, oh, I know, <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'm just going to stand here and twiddle my thumbs, you know? So it was actually quite nice when that one person came and they were, you know, a little bit more relaxed because they had time. So yeah, take the opportunity to do that. So that wraps up number eight. Hit us with number nine. This is your final one. Let's number make it nine. Oh, so <laughs> this is, for me, this is a big one and something that I want to get everyone to start thinking about. And it's like, remember why you started this. If you started this like fat loss journey or even like a muscle building journey or whatever it is, like, remember why you did that, because having that memory and that thought process going into certain like more social occasions is going to make it a lot easier to be the person that you want to become, right? Because you started this because, all right, I want to lose 20, 30, 40 pounds or kilograms or whatever. Coming into that month, if you keep reminding yourself of that one goal, you know exactly why you're doing this and why you're maybe not having that 13th glass of wine or not eating that last piece of the Yule log or whatever it is that you're kind of like, setting yourself up for it's that memory of like all right this is why i started this is why i'm doing it this is what i want to achieve yeah absolutely i think if there's any time to remind yourself this, of this more than ever it's going to be now you know and i think that a lot of people will try and start certain journeys and wipe their social calendar clean but i'm like it's not real life you know the people who got results during covid amazing but guess what they're having to learn how to navigate real life right now and I actually think it's even better if you've got support of a coach right now as well, and you're navigating your first ever Christmas period, like this is a beautiful time to really practice what you want to do for years to come. And, you know, what's great is that if you are maybe in a bit of a more dedicated fat loss phase, then if you are choosing to be a little bit more disciplined than you potentially would be in the future, like if you go to that end of the pendulum, when you come back to being a little bit more relaxed in the future, it's going to be a lot easier. But this is a really good opportunity to, to really like remind yourself of this on a day-to-day -day basis and realize that if you do want long-term results and if you do want to sustain a healthier and fitter lifestyle, then you need to learn how to manage these periods. You can't just go off the radar and come back in January. That's not sustainable. You can't do that every, you can't run away from the situation. Just learn how to navigate these situations, get the help of someone, listen to podcasts like this. Like we've given you nine practical tips that you can literally, you can probably implement every single one of them. Right. And you know, you're going to get a 10th in a minute as well. And you know, it's only going to start if you a, remember why you're doing it. So you've got motivation to actually do it. And then the next step is application and implementation and learning. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing too, right? Like if you're 
taking this month as like a learning tool, it's going to be, you're going to come out of it in a whole different sort of mindset in that regard. Like if you're thinking like, all right, so I'm going to set myself this plan, come this event and then come into it. Maybe it didn't work out perfectly. Maybe things didn't flow the way you wanted it to. I mean, like we've got a, we've got a saying that we use a lot over here and it's like even Cinderella's shoe came off, right? Like that glass slipper was supposed to fit perfectly and she still slipped off her foot, right? Like it's going to happen. So it's like, how, how do you come out of that? Did you learn from it or did you just bury your head in the sand and start to punish yourself because of it? It's like, if you can fix that mindset and start thinking, all right, why did I, why did I slip up? Why did I do this? All right, this is what I'm going to implement next time. You're going to be in a whole different set. Dude, I love that saying. I'm definitely going to use that moving forward. I've never heard of it before, but I like it a lot. But I know it's so true. And I think that a lot of the time people will think that, okay, I don't need to use these tools because I've got something in place. But I was having a conversation with someone last week and I was like, you know, if your hydration has slipped off, there is nothing wrong with starting to reset reminders on your phone like you did in the initial stages to remind yourself to do it. So if you need to, and you've got to remember the deeper you get into the journey, the less kind of motiv- initially motivated you are, the less front of mind your why is. Like half the time I get people to, well, hundred percent of the time I get people to put their why down on their application for when they get started. Half the time you remind them what they said six months in. They're like, I barely remember even saying that, right? Because there's a different level of like motivation and incentive at the time. If you can take them back to there, they can reconnect with that feeling. They can feel a little bit of that and they carry that into these occasions. And you've got a much bigger chance of success than you had if you just didn't even think about it. A hundred percent. Plus that why is going to change and transform over years and days and months, right? Like I remember back when I was before we had Monty, like my goal was definitely not my training. Why was not what it is now. Like why I train now is to be able to show him like the importance behind being physically fit and physically active and how that transcends into other areas of your life. Right. And it's like, that wasn't my why back when I was 32. (laughs) (laughs) That was just to have abs and look good on the beach, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was good. I would take my shirt off and not have someone shoot me without me. (laughs) No, that was the same as me. Like mine started very aesthetic. It transformed to wanting to compete and do well in that. Then it wanted to, then it transformed to, yeah, wanting to be bigger, wanting to be stronger. And now these days it's like A, to set an example for the people that I lead and then B, to make sure that I feel my best. You know, if I, if I don't show up my best, then I can't show up my best for everyone else. So, you know, and I also know what the feeling of like of not feeling good is. And that's enough. Like I always think you need a driver that moves you away from what you were or what you don't want to be and a driver that moves you towards what you want to be or what you could be. And if you've got both of those, like I feel like when you're incentivized, when you're already motivated, you can run towards what you want to be. But during the times where things get tough, that's the time to use like, who do I not want to be? You know, where do I not want to go back to? I don't feel like you should always be incentivized by fear, but on the times where you're not feeling that motivated, you know, go back to how you felt when you started. It wasn't a good feeling. And, you know, that'll be enough to get a bit of a kick up the butt to get going again. The thing is we always forget, like we've got clients that we trained like a long time ago that lost a lot of weight. And my memories of them from when we started, they're not that same person in terms of how they look. I remember them where, the way they are now. And it's like, if you can remind yourself of how you felt back then, because you're going to forget it too. You're going to look at pictures and be like, oh shit. <laughs> wow. I forgot that I look like that. Right. And it's like, if you can remind yourself how you felt, how like, clothes felt going onto your body, it's going to be a very different setting when you start to remind yourself of how you feel now too. Yeah. Get visceral, like really feel it as well. Like I tell people to do that a lot. And like if someone messes up and again, I do want them to be incentivized by what they want to be, but sometimes you do have to use the fear. I'm like, how did you feel when you did overeat? Like what was genuinely the feel? Okay. I felt sick. I felt lethargic. I didn't feel good at all. Like remember how you feel. So next time you go to overeat in that situation, like you don't want to be back there. You know, we want to be thriving. You want to feel at your best. So yeah, I think really, really getting to know that. And I think you touched on a good point of identity as well, right? Like your identity is going to shift as well as your why is going to shift. So people might have different expectations of you during this time of year as well. So it's so important that, you know, let's say your family hasn't seen you in a year because of COVID and then they're expecting you to be the life of the party, the one who has all the drinks and everything along those lines. You know, it's going to be very easy for you to slip back into that old identity, even though that's not you anymore. So reminding yourself of who you want to be and who you currently are and the pursuit that you're you're on then that's going to be what you're going to be able to play out because it's it's much easier to slip back into the comfort like the comfort zone even when it's not actually comfortable than it is to embrace this new you especially around an environment and people who expect something different of you a hundred percent and it's like that is 
when you can start to embrace that new change and stuff like that, every 90% of people will come along for that ride with you. And they're like, this is great. I love who you've become. You've changed. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what you've got to remember is be very authentic to who you are now and who you want to be. And you'll be amazed at what happens. Yeah. And if people are resentful of that, you got to start thinking about the role they play in your life. It doesn't matter who they are. You've just got to start thinking about it. So that leads us on to number 10, which is create new family rituals and you know friendship rituals around activity as well. And I think that this is a really nice one. I think you touched on this earlier, Ed, in terms of like all the Christmas markets going on right now, you know, and maybe just going out for that Christmas walk. Like we used to do it as a family when I was younger and I never really enjoyed it, but I see the value of it. Like I see the value of getting up after dinner and just getting yourself outside and moving. And if like, again, I went on that because it was what everyone else did. It was the family thing to do. And if you can start to shift the way that your family behaves, and I say this a lot, like I've got a client who's recently celebrated Diwali, I'm like, there's going to be certain fights that you just aren't, it's not even worth entering the ring, right? You're not going to change all the plates that are coming out, but you can start to introduce new plates. So, you know, you can introduce like a, a, like a more healthy version of something that you're having. Maybe one or two people will try that. And that becomes a bit of a staple that comes in. You can try saying, okay, yeah, we do go out for this after dinner walk, or we do this like family activity together on boxing day. That's, you know, gets us out of the house and doesn't mean we're sat around food all day. And I think if you can start creating new rituals and think in the terms of replacement rather than removal, I think that's, going to be something that's, you know, especially if you've got young kids and they're very impressionable, they're very easy to get involved in things. They're also, you know, always up for being active as well. So you're not going to have to ask them twice to get involved in something, but if you can bring more of the family in that, maybe center it around the activity that the kids are doing, then, you know, you're setting yourself up for success and do it. And maybe if you don't, don't choose to exercise, at least you've got that as well. Yeah. And it's also how you can flip the switch on certain social occasions. Like I'm sure everybody wants to catch up with friends over this time and do drinks and dinners and stuff like that. Like you could flip the switch and be like, Hey, let's go and check out this set of Christmas lights or something. I mean, like I remember growing up in Perth, there was a street that did, they did Christmas lights and they did like over the top Christmas lights to the point where it was like one long block of just like insanely decorated houses. And it became a thing that we would all go one night in December and everyone would walk up and down that block. It'd take you an hour, but you're outside, you're active, you're not focused around food, you're not in a setting that you could slip up in. You're literally walking up and down the street looking at something. And it's like, find those little things that are happening throughout your city because they're all over the place and implement them as part of your social engagements instead of being like always going to a restaurant or going out for drinks or having drinks at a friend's place. Like you can still catch up with friends. You can still be involved in everything but be out of that setting to help yourself get successful too. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, if you're blessed enough to be in a place where you can go for like a boxing day hike, how awesome would that be? Like, you know, that would be amazing. Just like a nice new family tradition and just having that there and like everyone knows that you're going to do it. And also, you know, in the same sense, like a hot chocolate or a mulled wine is going to be far less calorific on that, you know, that Christmas light walk than a meal sat at a restaurant or going to friends and, you know, finishing off three bottles of wine. So yeah, I think that's a really good um, good point to add is that it doesn't just have to be around them, but reframing the different activities activities and the social. I think people did a great job of that during COVID. You know, these, these coffee walks became very, very normal rather than going out to drink, drinks and dinner. And yeah, bring more of that into this uh, seasonal period. And I think that people will be open to it for sure. I think most people just like to be led, if I'm completely honest. So as long as you say, hey, I've got a plan, let's go do this. You know, people are like, ah, oh, fine. Okay. But they, you know, people regress to the mean of what you've always done. So I think, yeah, if you, if you come with the ideas and you're excited about it, and again, if you've got kids to back it up as well, and they want to be active, easy money. Yeah. Like we're in the process now of like, cause we do have a young son and things like that. We're in a process now of setting up our own family traditions with him and certain things that we do. And it's like, it's so exciting to be able to kind of plan out like, Oh, let's go to this Christmas market and we'll do this every year. It's like for Sam and I, the first thing that we do that's supposedly very Christmassy for us is we spend a few nights up in Whistler, which is like a small ski town, 90 minutes north and being up there surrounded by the snow and all that. It's like for some odd reason, it officially feels like Christmas. So from that point on, it's like, that's our new tradition and being up there, it's like you're out for hikes, you're walking around the village, you're skiing, you're snowboarding, like you're doing things like that. Like you're being active immediately. Our new traditions as a family is centered around being outside and being as active as we can. Right. 
That's amazing. And that's the thing, right? With kids being so impressionable at the age that your son is, like that's what he's going to remember his Christmas as now, right? So he's not going to be reluctant and resentful of it. And you would like to think that it has that generational impact. So again, if you can't change the habits and behaviors of your grandparents because they're so fixed in their ways, focus on the younger generation, right? Like they're going to be way more impressionable and they're going to be the ones that you're going to have a much better chance of you know, integrating these new things. So I love that. That's a great closing message. Right, you got some quick fire tips for me? Yeah. The biggest one we want to get is like the one plate rule when you go out. So make sure, like we said, Ellie and I eat really weirdly. So set yourself up with a one plate sort of setting. It's something we tend to do is like nibble at certain things over our actual evening. And we end up eating twice the amount of food because we just kind of lightly snacked. Whereas if you set yourself one plate, one measure, you can take that on board and you'll be actually amazed at how much more control you feel when you're actually around food. Yeah. People who graze are the ones who eat, consume the most calories and they don't even realize it. And that's the problem. When you've got a big plate of food in front of you, you know, you've eaten when you're just snacking, you don't. So my uh, quick fire, learn to re-gift food, right? Just because someone gave it to you does not mean you have to eat it. Like put it in your freezer for a future time. And then when your family member comes around or a different cousin, then you can serve that to them, or you can go give it to your neighbor or something along those lines. I always say this to vegetarians. If someone gave you a meat dish, you would not eat it. I'm not telling you to throw it away, but you would find another way of resourcefully using it. So you don't have to, you don't have to eat it, learn to re-gift it, especially if it's like a box of chocolates is unopened. That's, you know, you don't have to go out and buy a gift to someone. You can just go give it to a neighbor and, or, or your postman. They'll be super happy. Yeah. It's like bottles of wine too. Like we get inundated with bottles of wine over this season. And like Sam's not a big drinker. Like I said, I don't drink alcohol at all. And it's like, that is the easiest re-gift to give to our neighbors or to somebody else. I mean, we put out if we get things like that and we actually put them out for the garbage guys, like the guys that come pick up the garbage, we'll put a bottle of wine out for them. And it's like, this is how you can re-gift those certain things to get them a out of your house. So you're not focused on them. And actually you're bringing some dude who's picking up trash, like a, a bit of joy over this season too. Right. Exactly. I think it's a really nice gesture and people are like, Oh, but the person got it there. Nah, just get over it. Just re-gift it. Someone else is going to really appreciate yeah. it. Right. Give me, give me another quick fire. Oh, this one is a big one because it's centered around like getting outside. Like we spoke about before. It's like, now's not the time to lock yourself indoors, get outside, enjoy the season, enjoy the weather because it's different, right? Christmas comes with a different sort of like a different Christmas in the air. And it's like, get outside and do it and be, be active at those sort of settings where it's like, all right, you can go for a walk. You can go do these sort of things and check out Christmas lights. You can go to a Christmas market and walk around, like do those things, get into the spirit of it. And you'll find that the activity part will just flow with it too then. Perfect. I like that. My next quick fire is like, let this up. We've kind of touched on this. Let this be an opportunity to change your relationship with the holidays. One of my favorite things to do with people is to guide them through their first like beach holiday when they're on the process. And then, you know, in in the past, it was like, I gained two or three kilos without a doubt. And then they come back and they're like, you know, my, my intentionality around food was different. I, I only gained maybe 0.5 of the kilo or didn't gain anything at all. And they feel so empowered. So if you can do this around Christmas, cause you can guarantee that that's going to come around every year, then it's going to set you up for long-term success. Oh yeah. And it's a big thing too, right? Like I love dealing with clients at their first Christmas. I mean, I get so many people like, Oh, I don't want to start in December. I don't think it's the best month. And personally, it's like, that is the best month to start because you're going to be faced with all the challenges you can while your motivation for change is high. So it's like, this is a great time to get started and actually face those challenges and come out into the new year and be like, I kicked ass and I can do that again next year without any problems. And you're already building that toolbox of like systems and structures and all those little things that you need to be able to implement over the long term. 100%. And when the motivation starts to wear off, you've already got the hard part out of the way. You're actually cruising into the easier phase. You've got things locked in. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. And next one from you, final quick fire. Final quick fire is going to be, let me just run through my little list here. It's going to be with like, remember to reset, right? It's going to be more past Christmas time than it is during this time. And remember that like, like you, you said it earlier on, it's okay to have to reset certain things. And I think remember that it's time to do that come January is really important that you don't extend this time of year into the middle of January and make it harder to get started. Take those first two weeks as like, 
all right, we're going to get it going and we're going to lock it in and we're going to push everything again really hard. I'm back at work. I could get my, my, my structure in life back and things like that. Use that time because it's going to be really important to make the rest of the year flow again, right? We almost forget and we get so focused on December and all these events that it's like January's coming as well. So get in play what you need to do then too. I like that one a lot, dude. I think that's really valuable. Like to like both feet in, like just jump straight in. The sooner you do it, the, the easier it's going to be. If you just like dip your toe in, you slowly get around to it, like capitalize on that, you know, that January motivation and everyone else doing dry January and all that type of stuff. Like, I think that's a really good point. Okay. My final one is whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly. You know, there's nothing worse than when you half in, half out, right? Like you're feeling a little bit guilty about eating or, you know, you're actually deciding to train, but you're actually feeling like, oh, I should be spending more time with family. Whatever your heart feels and whatever you feel the best thing to do is just accept everything that comes with it, the good and the bad, and just embrace, embrace it. Like if you, if you try to get the best of both worlds, you won't get the best of either. If you just lean into the choice that you make, you will feel so much better about it. And I think it just comes down to acceptance. And it's definitely like, I think we spend so much time worrying about what we should be doing and not what we want to be doing. So it's like, we think over this time, we should be hitting all of these things and we should be perfect. And I can't screw up when it's like, you know what, maybe you do just want to take your foot off the gas and stuff like that. Like I just had a conversation with a client yesterday around like, what is important for you at this time? And she's like, we're a young family. And it's like, we want to be able to build Christmas memories and be able to show their daughter, like exactly what Christmas is all about. I'm like, that's going to be the most important part for you. So prioritize that then we'll prioritize the things we can do to keep you on track. hundred percent. And I think not denying that, right? Really like don't try to be this martyr who says, I'm going to get through Christmas unscathed because I'm super determined and committed when, you know, if you're potentially compromising the quality of your first Christmas with your young family, like, is it really worth it? You know, and I think that we should place less of a focus on this small period of the year and a larger focus on what you're doing throughout the other 11 and a half months. Yeah. And we get, we get so focused on like December being this, like, I mean, we've been talking about it with clients since like the start of November about like, all right, what's the, what's the Christmas plans? What's the season plans? And it's like, we get so focused on like being this person over this time that it's like, just be who you want to be. If you want to enjoy yourself and put your feet up and relax, do it. Just be aware of what the outcome might be of it, accept it, and then know exactly what you're going to do come January, whatever time it kind of relaxes for you. And then you can implement everything again. It's like, accept who, what's going to happen and move on. Yes, exactly. And don't be there complaining in January about the choices you make, like your choices come with consequences or rewards, right? Or, you know, you just got to remember that and you, you're a product of your choices, but whatever you do, like I said, just accept whatever's going to come. And I think you'll be happy, but dude, thank you so much. Your contribution has been immensely valuable. I've had a lot of fun during this conversation. I think a lot of people are going to take a ton of value for it. I can't quite believe the way that we eat. I, I'm, I'm super glad that I found someone else is just as weird as I am, but I hope that everyone has enjoyed this conversation and you'll be able to take away the tips and apply them. And if you have, then please tag myself and Ed in your Instagram stories, reach out to us directly. Where's the best place for people to find you and, uh, you know, look at your content that you're putting out at the moment, which is super, super valuable. Yeah. The easiest way is through Instagram. It's ed underscore collective performance. And there's also Samantha, which is Samantha underscore Stoikovich. Uh, she is the, the brains behind everything that we do. I'm just the looks apparently. Uh, so <laughs> check both of us out. If you guys have any questions on how to handle the Christmas period or how, how to kind of look towards the future, like don't hesitate to drop either of us a DM or anything like that. Yeah. I'll um, put their handles in the show notes and when it goes live, I'll promote it all over Instagram. So they will be tagged as well. So that is everything from us today. Thank you so much for listening team. Have an amazing Christmas and holiday period. I'll be speaking to you many times before then, but yeah, take care and we'll look forward to hearing from you soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.